Good afternoon and welcome to the Pokevolt Podcast. I'm Tyler, also known as Bellybolt VGC. My usual co-host Titan is on vacation for the next two weeks, so this week's co-host will be Adrian, also known as Carrot, a longtime friend of mine who recently started his journey to become a play Pokemon professor. Hey everyone, uh, like Tyler said, I just started my journey to become a VGC judge and tournament organizer. Um, I recently just got into a little bit of VGC competitive. Uh, when Scarlet and Violet came out, not the best, but getting better. Um, you can ask Tyler yourself. Uh, at first, not the greatest, but gotten better over the over the few months. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool journey, actually. I mean, you came in with no knowledge at all about VGC. And, you know, within a few months, you were able to climb to master tier. You know, from, that's a huge accomplishment. Yep. And for today's special guest, Will Tank. Will, uh, if you'd like, would you want to give us a brief history or rundown of your VGC uh, experiences? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm Will Tank, guys. Uh, so I started VGC. Well, my competitive Pokemon history actually goes back quite a while um i used to play singles ou in the gen 4 days when i was like 10 or 11 uh and then when gen 5 came out for some reason i just kind of fell out of the whole singles scene um just kind of stopped playing competitive in general but like i i played every pokemon game throughout that whole time period just more casually like shiny hunting and stuff and then uh around like the beginning of 2020 i don't know if this happened to like everyone's youtube algorithm i feel like it did but, like, all of a sudden, I'm just seeing, like, Wolfie VGC and, like, Cybertron VGC. And I'm like, this was kind of cool. Like, I wanted to keep playing Sword and Shield. I'd beaten it. I was getting bored of shiny hunting. And I was like, it'd be cool to, like, find a new way to keep playing this game. So I started watching them. And I was like, man, this actually looks, like, super fun. Like, way more fun than singles that I used to play. And um, so I started playing on the ladder and stuff. I started with, like, a like a super basic trick room team. Like, follow me, trick room, bring out Torkoal use Hatterene stuff. Uh, and then for the next few years, I just kind of kept watching those videos. I would play um, the ladder a lot. I would do ladder tournaments. Um, it was more recently that I started playing like best of three stuff. I've, I've mostly just been like a ladder warrior for most of my career. Um, but yeah, so for the past, I would say three years, I've been pretty into it. Um, yeah. Heck yeah. That's really cool to kind of hear that, you know, experience for you. I'm someone who's played pokemon i i never dabbled in like the competitive scene i played on showdown like a little bit in my early day when showdown first came out i played and then in the gen 4 eras my friends got into competitive but the whole like ev ivy was really over my head at that age um so you know but it was really singles and kind of like you said titan and i have both talked about this with uh, multiple guests on our show who have played uh, earlier and then came back to it it was really that you know, that YouTube algorithm that you're talking about, you know, there was the Cybertron videos, um, Ray Rizzo, Wolf Glick, that kind of pulled us back in, you know, and lit that fire that got us started. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that they can, um, in those videos, they can share rental codes too. I feel like that's another big thing that uh, really helps people get back into it. Um, because like you said, with the EVs and IVs, all that stuff, a lot of that is overwhelming for some people that are just starting and to just be able to like use a rental code. So... Yeah, yeah, I think the Jordan showed Aaron perfect for getting people back in, you know? Yeah, that was something that Adrian and I, it was really useful for him, you know, um, Sword and Shield. We started his jumping into VGC for him when I started helping him. It was during Sword and Shield at the time that it was out. 
Um, and you know, there's all those very interesting like team bots that would it would generate a team for you, or it would pull from like the most used rental teams and send you the codes. And we would play, you know, just play these wild rental teams, and that was kind of like an introduction. Um, and everyone was playing Spike Muth Cup, you know, trying to get ready for, you know, Terra and like not having that gimmick anymore. Uh, so we were really doing that. So it was really cool to see someone, you know, pick up these rental teams and really play at like a level. There were times, you know, very early in me teaching him how to play that he was wolfing me, you know, with teams. I'm just like, man, how did that happen? I was like, wait, he's playing with this, you know, a team I just picked up from Wolfie. <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, I think we practiced on Showdown with like uh, double random battles. Oh, yeah, you're right. We did. We ran random battles. Uh, Will Tank, have you ever done that? Just, like, the random battles on Showdown before? I've done, uh, like, Gen 1 random battles just for, like, complete chaos with friends before, but not, like, not, like, any serious laddering or anything, now. Yeah, we don't, we don't do really serious laddering, but, like, the chaos, like, with friends, kind of like you do. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. It's really funny. <laughs> Especially in Gen 1, because that game is just so broken. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, so, I... I wanted to go ahead and move into talking about our GC runs. You know, I saw on Twitter that you've had like a really impressive run on the GC. You know, um, we've all, I think third day, I'm really struggling third day. I managed to not get all my games in and the few that I played, I got rolled with some terrible hacks. I have just, I had bad luck the entire GC with missing play roughs and was kind of able to play through it and still perform well. I think I was 16 and six as of last night. Um, I think I may have won like two more matches and then called it quits. Uh, this morning I woke up and played three and lost all three of them. So, oh, I, no. yeah, I kind of put it at rest at that because I was just – I missed two play roughs, came out, and then a muddy water missed on my back end from my Gastrodon. And just, like, not having the pressure on those turns really hurt me, and I wasn't able to, you know, pick the game up. So after that I just put it down. Um, but, how you know, I saw some really impressive stuff from you. How's yours going? Um, it was pretty good. I uh, I played day one. I think I ended like sixteen fifty. I think like thirteen and two. Um, day two ended around seventeen hundred, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna call it here. This should be good enough for like maybe twenty points or something. Uh, I really just wanted to hit seventeen hundred because in the first GC, I did terrible, and I didn't even play the second one. So for this one, like the fact that I started off doing well, I was like, okay, if I can just get seventeen hundred, I'm good. And um, so I ended there on day two. And then this morning I'm watching Portland and like, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but like when you're watching people play VGC, you just get that itch and you're like, man, I want to play. Oh yeah. And I was like, I've still got 15 games left. Let's see if I can like push into 1700 a little bit more. And, uh, I play, I got on, I was like 1711 lost three in a row. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm like 1650 now. Like I'm back to where I was on day one. And I was like, this cannot stand. So, like, now I'm in the cycle. And luckily, I was able to go on, like, another five win streak after that and pulled it back at, like, 17.25. And my last opponent was actually Justin Tang. And so I was like, I think I'm going to call it here. This feels like a good ending to, yes. to, have my last, uh, to have my last win be against Tang. I was like, yeah, I think this is a sign to stop. Put it down. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You beat Tang. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Panda. Yeah, it's just ladder. It's just ladder. It's not that big a deal. But I mean, it was kind of cool. It felt like a sign to, to, to stop. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I, you know, we've had Justin on episode two. So it's really cool, you know, to see here we are just a few episodes later talking to someone who's matched with him in the GC, you know. That... Yeah, two for three. That guy's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nuts. Absolutely nuts. 
for Will Tank after placing 24th in Knoxville. Do you think you'll compete in any more events this year? Um, yeah, I actually have uh, Hartford on the books right now. It's coming up in two weeks while we're recording this. Um, oh, oh, we were actually and talking then... about I'm sorry? I think uh, Belly was talking about attempting to go to Hartford. Uh, him and um, anime. Yes. Anime oh, cool. Yeah, we, we may actually be at Hartford. It's still up in the air, um, raising money for funds and stuff. But yeah, uh, 24th in Knoxville, though. That's something we kind of skipped over that there a little quickly, though. But I, you know, I want to kind of touch on that because Knoxville was my first regional. So it was kind of like, a, you know, that magical first regional experience. And uh, Will, I think we actually like crossed paths with each other at one point. And uh, we didn't realize it until I didn't realize it until later down the road. But uh, there was someone I was like, kept getting asked if I was a certain person in the community. And I was like, that is not me. And I think that you were the guy that I like came up to and was like, are you this guy? And you're like, no, that is not me. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I forgot that was you. Um, yeah. So a friend of mine underused Apple. Yes. Uh, posted a picture of me on his Twitter and was like, uh, hey, I'm at Knoxville. Some people might not know what I look like, so this is me. Please come up and say hi. And he was trying to get people to walk up to me and say, like, are you Apple, to, like, pull a joke on me. But apparently that <laughs> it, it got someone else instead. Yeah, the joke got reversed because literally all day I had, like, six people walking in and like, hey, are you Apple? And I'm like, who's Apple? Like, I don't even – I've watched BGC for a while. I was like, I don't even know. So I had to go on Twitter, you know, I was like looking at my Apple, who, who is this, <laughs> you know, and then found the Twitter. I was like, Oh, I love this. <laughs> How have I not followed this person? <laughs> so that was awesome. You know, it was just a really funny experience too, to, you know, run into someone who I would meet later down the road through BGC and a funny little joke like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This community, uh, it, it's pretty big, but it feels small. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Once I started going to regionals, I kind of got that, you know, I could, you watch something from YouTube and, you know, I live in a very small town. I'm originally from Cincinnati, but now I live um, a little north of Lexington, Kentucky in a very small farm town. So to watch, you know, from YouTube and to kind of see this vast community that, you know, from a screen, it just looks massive. And then I travel to regionals and I kind of realized, you know, once you get that regional experience and you're competing that, it is a very like tight knit community, you know. Word travels quickly. A lot of people know each other, so it's. I really do like that aspect. Yeah, for sure. Um, you said uh, Knoxville was your first. It, it was actually my first too. Um, uh, the funny thing is, I I'd signed up for it, and um, I was trying to come up with a team like for weeks before. Every time I would try something on the ladder, I would just get hacks to oblivion, or I would just be playing bad. And I was like, man, like, like I started with Sword and Shield with Dynamax. So like in my brain, I'm thinking like, man, can I just not play this game without Dynamax? Like, am I washed? Like, what is going on? And like, I had like a moment where I was like, man, I might just like not go to Knoxville. Like, I don't know if I want to like spend money to go like, I, I was also bitter. So it's like, I don't want to get, I don't want to spend money to go get hexed. And then also like, maybe I'm not good anymore. But uh, my friend, um, Hendez, shout out to Hendez, um, gave me like a come to Jesus talk and was like, come on, man, like you already paid. We're going to have a great time. Just come and like, whatever happens, happens. You're going to have a great time. Just like being there. And uh, he was like a hundred percent right. And um, I still didn't know what team I was going to use, but I was watching uh Henda's stream and he was doing like a small online tour. And I saw his opponent was using this team that was pretty similar to like 
the Toller Web team that was dominating series two, like the Tranitar, Talonflame, Great Tusk, Fluttermane stuff. Yeah. But it was uh, it was Talonflame, Tyranitar, uh, Great Tusk, Houndstone, Iron Bundle, and Goldango. And like watching that Houndstone do work, I was like, if I'm gonna go to Knoxville and have fun, I'm gonna have fun. And I was like, this team looks good. So like I made my own version of it, and I just showed up and like somehow I just stayed in the zone. And before I know it, I'm like six and two, and I'm playing my winning in, and like. I got it, and I was like, like I went there expecting to not like the Sempra approach, like genuinely expecting to not do well, and then like all of a sudden, like I'm winning rounds, and like I don't know, it was kind of validating, like especially day two, like sitting at the same table as like people like Wolf and Joe, I was like, man, this is really cool. Well, not only that too, to be that that guy that everyone's talking about, because I don't know if you know this or not, literally the talk around the venue in Knoxville, like I remember, like what was so funny, because I go by Belly Bowl. And all day I remember people tell me, you know, there's a guy here who's going to be on stream with Belly Bolt. And I was like, I know, I'm jealous. Like, really unfortunate it's not me. Like, I wish I was up there playing with Belly Bolt. And then all the other talk was around this player doing so well with Houndstone and how there may be a Houndstone that could be on stream. So I was like, who is this, you know? like, <laughs> So to hear that, I was like, what? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, Houndstone was fun. I'm going to be honest, uh, he didn't win me that many sets. He definitely won me one set pretty convincingly. And then, like, Sometimes I would bring in, like, a game here and there. But uh, I would say he was definitely the mascot of the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember you yeah. saying that. And so that was just something you you didn't feel comfortable, like, in certain matchups bringing him, you know, due to his yeah, matchups. Like, like, I had play rough, but it's like, when you see a bunch of dark types, it's just like, man, I don't know about this. Like, because you want Houndstone to come out at the end and just, like, have free pickings with last respects, just one-shotting everything. And it's like, I don't want to have to worry about dark types. Like, seeing... Uh, like, if they had, like, more than one dark type, it's just, like, I can't do this. And that's a hard um, team to play. I never even thought about that. Knoxville was the dark type regional. It was, I think yeah. everyone was over-prepared for Ndidi Arma. I mean, did you did you kind of see that, too? I feel like everyone was prepared for the Ndidi mm -hmm. Arma, so the dark types were everywhere. Yeah, there were a lot of Tyranitars, too. Like, Tyranitar, if I see another Tyranitar, I'm like, I can't, like, Houndstone can't do anything here. I mean, I could wisp it, but, like you don't want to be using Houndstone that way necessarily. Like Wisp is kind of like a last, last ditch, like option if you want to lead it and like maybe have to burn something. But like, yeah, seeing like, if you see like a fat dark type on the other team, it's like, yeah, Houndstone can't come to this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really cool to hear. You know, it's kind of full circle hearing some of these stories from, you know, your, your perspective of it. And then on my side, you know, competing at some of the lower tables, but hearing this talk about your team all day long, it's really cool to get to talk to you and, like, hear your perspective of how it played out through the day. That's really cool, actually. I didn't know it was, uh, that it was, like, the talk of the town like that. I, I do know someone told me that it was mentioned at the beginning of the day two stream. Um, I think yeah. Jake Muller, the, the caster, said, like, he was talking about, like, odd Pokemon in day two, and he was like, there's one Houndstone, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's, I love seeing people get on stream with these wild Pokemon. You know, Belly made it on stream. Houndstone, uh, Vivion. Uh, there are so many cool Pokemon to make it on stream. And I'm, it's something about the meta I'm really loving right now. Uh, you know, I can kind of bridge this into one of the discussions here. Uh, but the, the meta is very vast, you know. And I'm seeing as, you know, Portland played out today and we kind of watched that play out, the, the meta is all over the field. And it's something I'm loving even beyond Knoxville and the end of regulation series two into reg C is just, you know, these combinations of teams are getting so wide. Yeah, it feels wide open, honestly. If, uh, if I don't, if I remember correctly, uh, 
Billy, uh, you were you were actually discussing the Portland um, finals, and didn't what was his name? Uh, wasn't Joe running a jump off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nut like it. It's what? honestly wild. We I knew the archetype was strong. Um, we actually talked about this in the Discord server, and I, I you know, when I, I started preparing for this GC, I talked about that Sun team, and a lot of a lot of the, my friends in the group, you know, were talking. It's not the team to be worried about. You know, these are the matchups you take into it, and these are the routes to beat it. The interesting thing is, though, I think. Uh, Will Tank, help me out here. I mean, you may have a little bit more knowledge. He changed the team up a little bit different than what Cybertron had hosted on his video, if I'm not wrong. I don't remember seeing a Great Tusk on Cybertron's video, but maybe I'm wrong. I think there was. I think the Pokemon that was different was Chien Pao. I think, like, a lot of people used Dragonite over Chien Pao on that team. Yeah, yep. I think that's what it was. And Joe had the cool thing with, like, the flying-type Chien Pao next to the Great Tusk, and you can just, like, spam Earthquakes and then use, like the ice spinner to cover for any Terra's like it was really cool. Yeah. And that, that was the most interesting part about it. And kind of watching the matches play out there, you know, it, I felt like it could have went either way, but then watching the control that Joe had, because I feel like the matchups that people were prepared for with that team were handled differently because of Joe's approach to the team. They couldn't handle it in the same situations as the team that they had seen on Cybertron's video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Chimpal adds a lot to that team. I think, and, um, man, I just love to see Jumpluff win a regional. That's so cool to me. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Pokemon, too. <laughs> yeah. Did, didn't you just catch a shiny Jumpluff? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I That's think, awesome. Like, right before it started popping up and, like, right before all these Sun teams started popping up, too, I was like, hmm. That might be a message. Thing. It could be a sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jumpluff's about to take it over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Jumpluff the fastest uh, sleep powder user? Um... um Either that or Lilligant. I'm not sure if Jumpluff is faster. Yeah, they're they're really close. I can't remember their base speeds. I know the two under the sun. I think Lilligant may actually be a couple points faster due to the base oh. speed. Actually, uh, Jumpluff is the fastest sleep powder. It's 110 and Lilligant's 90. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it outspeeds like Booster Energy Bundle and stuff too. I mean, I think Lilligant does as well, but um, yeah. Yeah, Lilligant under the sun is just outrageous on how fast it is mm-hmm. like the um lilligant torkoal stuff like it's interesting to see how it's swapped from uh like lilligant torkoal like you're trying to just hopefully just like get a good lead and just like cheese and after you eruption or something like that and now it's adapted to like where torkoal is like this it, it basically is just there to enable the rest of the team like it's not necessarily the main damage dealer like it's got the overheat which you can use in sun which does massive damage but then you got the eject pack to just swap out, and then they can, like, immediately take advantage of the sun with, like, all these protosynthesis mons in the back. Like, I feel like people have really... That's why sun's so good right now. Like, people have really, like, recognized the value of, like, protosynthesis. Like, not just using booster energy, like, actually setting that sun and just having all these Pokemon just go crazy. Yeah, I feel like it may be... This may be a bridge in the meta. I do think that everyone is kind of preparing for this next jump. Um, we all know that Reg C is, you know, it's here for three more regionals, I believe. And we see a hard change for Worlds. I don't even think there's any regionals or practice time from the last regional in Reg C into into Worlds. Um, So I do think that that may be the meta shifting in that direction. Because I do think that we see a lot of weather setters and terrain setters pop up in a format where we either see Restricteds or Coridon and Maridon access. 
Um, I do think that sun and weather is eventually... It, it's always those go-to. I feel like once Restricted's come in, weather is mm-hmm. such a strong format. It, it is really cool, like you said, to see the eject pack used the way that it is. Because I do think the one thing about you know, a weather setting team is getting the weather set. You know, and having that mon around long enough that you can get it set several times. And where as to when it was Lilligant and Torkoal, you were right. It's really getting that good lead and then, you know, just doing so much damage or being so oppressive with that lead that you you could end up changing the game. As to where now that eject pack is really it's kinda like the Palafin balance. You know, that it's the shift in the metas to where like those good pivots and constantly getting those good matchups is just becoming like an ever popular strategy that I, I feel like it's here to stay you know pivot is something that in singles has always been very prevalent i feel like it is becoming something in vgc that people are seeing you know an uptick in right now the use of switching in and out and getting better pivots oh yeah for sure i think uh, another reason that sun is doing so well right now like i wonder if it was like if people started going towards sun just because like it seems really good into pala balance stuff like palafin does not want to be in the sun to begin with and uh, I think Nails on stream in his interview on day one said something about like how great Tusk is just so good into that. Maybe it was James Beck, I don't know, but like those teams don't have great uh, ground like ground answers like for strong ground types. So like great Tusk in the sun, like you're shutting down Palafin, and then you're just damaging the rest of the team so much. Like I feel like Sun might be here to stay for a little while. Yeah, the weakening the water, it just, you know. It... You're definitely right. There's so many benefits to it. The protosynthesis and, you know, if it, it continues to be used the way that it's used to as a more of a tool and you're shifting in and out that mon as often, I do think we're going to continue to see a huge rise in weather. Well, Tank, uh, do you think we'll see any new developments in the meta after Portland? Um, I think, I think Sun's here to stay for sure. So I think anything that can maybe counter that, like, Honestly, maybe Tyranitar Lycanroc comes up more. Like, I saw it on stream a, l- a good bit at um, at Portland. So, I-, I think we're entering a weather era. And I think I do think Palafin is going to fall off even more just because um, I think Sun's going to, is here to stay. And, like, Palafin just doesn't want to come to a Sun game at all. That's very yeah. true. Being in a Sun, Palafin might as well just stay home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one question, it kind of bridges in here, and to wrap things up, uh, Titan and I, he's not here this week, uh, but I do want to run it by you, Will Tank, because we've asked everyone, what format do you think that we'll get for Worlds? Man, I really hope they just extend Regulation C, honestly, because, like, I'm going to be honest, it seems silly to, like, end a format at the end of June and then have no events but change the format and be like, all right, guys, show up to Worlds with, like, no IRL practice for this uh, for this format. Um, I really don't know what they could do, honestly. Like, every Pokemon that's in the decks right now is legal. Like, unless they do, like, Paldean Prologue, which would be ridiculous. Um, or if they have Home. But the thing is, with Home, like, normally... Well, no, I guess not, because in Sword and Shield we had a Home, but not all the Legendaries came in right away. So, like, maybe it could be something where they add the Home Pokemon in, but none of the Legendaries. Or maybe, like... I don't know, maybe for Worlds it's time to just unleash the, the, the Thunderuses, you know? Maybe it's time for them to come back. Uh, I don't know, the fact that they're ending Regulation C so so close to Worlds makes me feel like I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what they can do, honestly. Yeah, I, I kind of had a prediction, and I know it's a lot of people don't like it. Um, it just seems very reasonable for the Paldean Prologue format, and I don't I don't like it in any way. It just seems regional, reasonable to keep... 
the first like the generation the first year that the game has come out to keep all of the VGC within that generation seems likely. I don't I don't know that we'll get home access before Worlds just because like the bet I mean for me the best advertisement for Scarlet and Violet would be say hey at Worlds not only are they playing with Pokemon that are only accessible in Scarlet and Violet they're also playing with the box legendaries on a Worlds format to the entire world to see. I think that is something that they meant, you know, just for advertisement in a, a year's life cycle of the game, it is a good thing if, you know, on Worlds format, if everyone turns on, it's like, oh, hey, there are the box legendaries being used, you know, and they look awesome. So I think that there is may, good there, yeah, there may, there, there may be a little bit to that, but, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air. It's, you know, we know how Game Freak and Nintendo is and play Pokemon. It, it could be the most random thing that no one expects, some off the wall. You could get full restricted and home access random right before worlds um i do think that they love to throw things in our face like that so it is kind of up in the air but that's just a little bit of my speculation yeah the i can i can see what you're saying like the imagery of like the karate on ride on going at it on the world stage that's good imagery but at the same time like can you imagine the youtube comments about variety oh yeah <laughs> literally every team has karate on or maride on like, i don't know if that I don't, that could be a crowd pleaser or it could be not a crowd pleaser right yeah <laughs> knowing bgc twitter too oh god the memes are gonna be hilarious it's like these mons are at 80 both mons only two of them at 80 percent usage <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to Worlds, so if I'm not, hopefully it is Paldea and Prologue, so I can watch that. Yeah, we can watch the cast from a distance and laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, Will Tank, we really appreciate you being on the show today. Um, Adrian, same, you know, short notice for everyone. We've kind of had some schedule conflicts, and uh, it, it was really nice to actually get you on and to be able to talk to someone who not only top 24 at knoxville you had a very good run on the gc um i you know i expect very good things of you i've heard all through the community and people have battled you you know very good things so i look forward to running a best of three sometime with you and uh thanks for being on the show adrian in your journey to become a professor if there's anything we can ever do to help you 